I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Marit Makes a Movie, the podcast where I talk to filmmakers about their experiences making films in an effort to learn something before I make my own film. How am I going to be able to afford to do that? With kind donations from you, the listeners. So far, I've raised £630. Um, you can see what I've spent that on and how things are going by going to com forward slash movie and there's all the information and a blog on there. And I'll shortly be putting up um, a lens test of a lens I've bought to make the film. I mean, if you like that sort of stuff, look on there. If you don't, you probably won't like the rest of this. Anyway, this episode, I spoke to the lovely David Spearing. He is part of a sketch group called Broken Toaster, whose stuff is on YouTube, and they are absolutely brilliant. And um, I helped make their Kickstarter campaign which was sadly unsuccessful but there are some brilliant sketches on there one of my favorites is the freddie mercury one which we talk about later on the episode um david himself works for the group you may know as mcfly and he directed the feature documentary mcbusted tour play and he's also directed lots of music videos and films uh, when he talks about drew and ben in the podcast he's talking about members of the sketch group broken toaster anyway he said lots of interesting things and i must apologize about the echoey um nature of the room we're in it's just my rubbish recorder so it sounds as though you're listening to us in a prison cell if you want to imagine that you can anyway enough about my nonsense here's the blooming podcast it's Marit Makes a Movie. What's it about? I'll tell you. Talking to filmmakers about stuff. Editing. Camera work. Directing. Acting. All sorts. Mainly bullshit. Well, I'm here in um, David's office in London. 
next to a fire station. I shouldn't give that away, should I? <laughs> Some people couldn't track you down and murder you now. I always say it's opposite the Curzon. I always forget about the fire station. I just, because well, I only see the cinema. But, yeah, now I'm going to have assassins on my doorstep. This is a really good location. Now, I, I met you when um, I did a Kickstarter for uh, Broken Toaster, a yeah. sketch group. And you, you are a writer, director, and editor. Uh, done all sorts. How did you first get into this blooming business? Well, I went to, I studied at, at college and at like, but my, mainly only because I didn't really do very well on GCSEs. <laughs> so I drugs like, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> going to the, the drugs. And uh, I had to kind of figure out, like, I just had to pick something that I was interested in. And I'd always kind of had a video camera when I was younger and I, just, and I used to film my mates, like, you know, we used to do our own version of Jackass and we used to like film each other skating and stuff like that. So I've always had like a camera. So I kind of got, I just thought, oh, I'll try media studies, even though it's like a kind of, you know, dust subject. Mm. Um, but I really enjoyed the course. I had a really inspiring teacher and he kind of got me into film a lot more. And so I, you know, I studied it through college and uni. And then I was kind of lucky enough to sort of someone in my class at uni was working um, in, for this production company who had done a lot of stuff with McFly in the past and they were looking for a new director and she just put my name down on the list because she remembered me and then so I went for an interview and then, and then kind of had a little trial run with McFly when they were sort of doing their last album, filmed a little bit in a studio and then got, got the job with them. So I kind of worked with them for eight years now. So sort of started off behind the scenes, you know, just literally had like, I had a mini DV camera, like a Sony V1. Yeah. Um, and then started buying DSLRs when they came out and then I just sort of did behind the scenes stuff and kind of worked up to doing music videos and tour documentaries and concert films and that kind of thing. And then, yeah, that's kind of, that's my, my way in, like kind of way I got into it. What What's it like? Because um, loads of the best sort of thing, more, more interesting film, like you start off doing you, I've seen people who started doing like were skating videos first of all, yeah, and then they because they have to do skating videos, they have to work out how to sort of pull focus really fast and yeah, work yeah. out how to do slow mo and do these shots because yeah. the sport is almost dictated how that is really challenging to yeah. film. When you do music videos, it must be a hard. I imagine it a really difficult genre to do. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, I mean, I've not done, I've done some, I've not done loads, but I, I wish I'd done some more. But like, they're they're always quite challenging because you kind of you get given a song and then they're just like, right, you know, you don't really get much of a brief a lot of the time unless you know an artist is like really into it, and then you just kind of have to just have an idea and pitch it, and which is always hard. And I, you know, I've always read stuff with kind of directors that always say you just got to keep filling your tanks. You just got to keep anytime you're not working, just inspire yourself and just have these ideas, so you know that any point you've got to do a treatment you just you can write something you know and, and just pull ideas and immediately have you've got I've, you know I've got stuff I've written years ago that would be treatments for ideas and you submit them and then it's like nope and then yeah, they all just go into a drawer and then you know that like one day you go wait that might work and then you bring it out and use it for for something new you know for, yeah the old notebook things are great I've just got tons and tons of awful notebooks yeah. Yeah, where, where I'd go through all the ideas I could barely even read <laughs> but that's when the best stuff comes out then. just taking an old idea and then having a new idea to combine those two ideas so you seem really creative um, when you're doing your comedy stuff with Broken Toaster I always feel really bad for you because just you're doing things I don't know if we, if we did a Kickstarter um, video with you I, I was in yeah 
and it was just you and one lighting guy yeah, Raph, yeah. doing the whole thing. What's it like sort of doing things with a sort of skeleton crew? Would you have to be really sort of hyper prepared and uh, what are the challenges you face doing that? It's very stressful, first of all, that's the, like, the main thing. But I don't know, it's kind of like I'm torn. It's kind of like it's freeing in one way, but then it's ultra stressful in the other way. And, and like, you know, Raph came in at a later point, but when we first started doing Broken Toast, it was literally just me, Ben and Drew, and, and like, so I'm the whole crew, you know, because we'd all kind of brainstorm together, write together, and it'd always be our kind of, our ideas to start. And then we kind of go on to set, and then I'm just, I'm everyone. I'm the sound guy, I'm the camera guy, I'm directing, and it's just kind of like... It's almost impossible. It's so, I think mean, people, yeah. and actors, never realise how much stuff there is to think about with yeah. the, even like monitoring so I've made mistakes before just thinking I'm monitoring the sound and just messing up a tape yeah. by not recording the sound <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just too much to do yeah I've done that in the past because especially if, I, if I'm using like a camera that doesn't have sort of built in audio and I've got a zoom recorder on top it's so easy just to kind of like start the camera rolling and then you're like halfway through a take and you're like oh shit and like <laughs> <laughs> Just make some excuse. You hope that the actors mess up in some way. Oh, okay, we're doing another one. Or you're like, just, I just want more lighting. Wasn't we better on your lines yeah, yeah. for that one? Never tell yeah. the actors. Got to keep it cool. Now, what's your favourite part of doing it then? Of doing, um, do you actually like the editing better than the actual filming? Mm, side no, of it? not really. I'm not really. I'm not a massive fan of editing. Like I do it out of necessity, and, and I enjoy it in some, you know, some circumstances when it's. Like a, you know, we're making like a really nice film or, or some kind of like, you know, fiction piece. But generally, it's quite you know boring, but fun, but still boring. But I, I prefer my favorite thing. I have everything I do is like would always be on any shoot. Is like when you have this really stressful day and you're just shooting all day and it's really hard. I love that night time when you finish and you all sit down together and you watch the rushes uh, that's like the best thing that's what I live for like, that's kind of like that's always been the best thing of Broken Toast that we'd always like because we would have mental shoots and we'd be stressing and shouting at each other and, and going crazy and then we'd all sit down in the, the night and we'd watch the rushes and be like oh man it's all worth it you know so that's what you do it for so that's my favourite bit my, my favourite one of your Broken Toast film which you can watch on YouTube I think it's a Freddie Mercury yeah. <laughs> well, that one was particularly like mental. Like you could almost, you could have made, we could have made a film about the making of that one because it was just like, it was ridiculous. We we were like, we got locked out of the car at one point, and then you know I had to kind of look after the camera gear whilst Ben and Drew were running down to this local hotel address as Freddie Mercury, or two Freddie Mercury's, like trying to try and get help and stuff, and and we had to call like a locksmith out, and oh no, and we went the state of Drew's house. Drew had just bought a house in in Barnsley where he's from, and and we all were sleeping on the floor there because it all it's just been like brand new, you know, just done fresh. And Ben forgot his sleeping bag, so he's all like just literally sleeping on the floor, like hundreds <laughs> of people, and you know, trying to shoot scenes in fields where we were getting eaten by midges and stuff. It was just like. It was a very adventurous shoot and very stressful. How many days did that take then? That was, I think, two two days or like one evening and then a couple of days. But yeah, it's very. We normally do like a long weekend, you know, like yeah. two days or yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of Friday as well. But yeah, it's hard. And what is the difference between directing things like you directed um, the busted uh, film about their tour? Yeah. And how is that? I mean, obviously, it's massively different. What's that like compared to doing uh, directing sort of big sort of, well, sort of feature film compared to doing the shorts? And what other skills do you need? 
Well, I think it's very, they're very different sort of things. Like, you know, obviously I started off, I guess, in documentary and, and, and I think documentary, I think, is really good for teaching you how to kind of craft a narrative because you don't have anything. You know, you start with, you can have a concept of what you want, to, want it to be, but you essentially have no control over what, what's going to happen. So a lot of it's waiting around and, and filming just endless amounts of footage. And, and then that's when you, that's the editing I'm talking about. When you get, when you finally get into the edit for that and you've got like, hundreds of hours and you go right I need to start making a story now that's really hard and you know that but that again I mean all the, all the documentary stuff on that was all just me and a camera with a band but then the stuff when we're doing the concerts like like uh, um, we did Hyde Park and O2 Arena and like <clears throat> that's like the biggest stuff I've ever done that's like that's when there's so many people on the set that it's just insane you know you have you just have so many people there that are helping you kind of put it together and it's and you kind of have like you know massive OB truck where you just sat there and you've got sort of 10 cameras and it's live and you're kind of shooting it and you're in charge of every single camera and it's very scary like my first ever one was live at Albert Hall um, from McFly's like 10th anniversary concert and I, I remember just like because you're watching it all before the concert you've got like 10 cameras on the screen and you think okay I got this and then like when the concert starts and then every camera starts moving and the band are moving and the music's playing I just remember kind of just freezing like a deer in headlights I was like oh shit and like had to take this big breath, and then I just kind of then I just started talking to the cameras, but it's it's very scary. It's a proper vision mix, sort of. Yeah. Sort of, I mean, yeah. when we well, so what I've done before, when we did when we did studio, I think I was a sketch group, we did a studio um, sitcom, and they would only employ someone who'd done studio before. Yeah. Just because it was a six camera shoot or something, and they would try they try and mix it, they do a sort of edit, and they when they do a sort of rough edit when <laughs> yeah, they're doing like yeah. Um, so they had between two directors to choose from who did comedy because <laughs> no one else had the skills yeah, yeah. to do it because it was so expensive that you couldn't really you know fuck it up yeah, yeah. because it had to be done that night so which do you which do you prefer then I prefer like short films drama like fiction that's what I want to be doing I want to that's what I struggle to make now you know crew wise and budget wise and like so I want to kind of be doing those big big crew big budget shoots but in, in the sort of fiction world so like you know, I love all the, all the tour stuff and the music stuff, but I feel like I've, I've done, not everything, but I've done, all, you know, I've been satisfied in the kind of work I've done in that area, and, and I just really want to get into making more fiction, which, you know, which I have to struggle to make at the moment and make off my own back, which is fine, you know, that's, because, you know, I'm passionate about it, so it's kind of, that's okay, yeah. but I just want to kind of get to that point now where I can do that sort of full time and, and, you know, live off of that, you know. What, and how do you make your stuff look so good? It's all in the lighting, I suppose. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I mean, we use, so I use shoot on FS7 a lot and, and A7S. For, for uh, camera geeks, it's the Sony FS7 and the Sony A7S2 or the Sony A7S2? Uh, two, yeah, yeah, I've got the two. Which is pretty much all the filmmakers' dream cameras at the moment, aren't they, I suppose. Yeah, complete camera porn. I don't know what it is like I guess I, I just I know with Broken Toast stuff and with, and with stuff I do I just I love film and I love like cinema so it's kind of like I just you know I'm always coming from a point of view of like trying to shoot something really beautifully you know and, and just trying to make it look nice as much as I can and then you know and then underneath that we've got some weird crazy story or it's like some dark comedy and I think that's what made us kind of good is that those kind of combinations of, of those things but I yeah I mean I have good lighting now because I work with, uh, you know, there's a guy called Raf who, who Drew once brought in to help us out when we did stakeout with Spoken Toaster Short and he worked with us then and I've kind of worked with him ever since so like, 
I, I work with him on all my sort of paid work as well and you know because we'd always, he'd always just come and just work for free he was at uni he'd come and help out for free work all these hours for us for nothing and, and so I was like oh god so I, I tried to get him as much paid work as I can just to kind of so we could keep on taking the advantage yeah, yeah. of him for Broken Toaster um, but he's great you know and he, he kind of he is now sort of my DP that I use a lot of the time and how do you get good at lighting I mean how do you teach yourself lighting well I guess there's, ba- there's, very, there's basic principles of lighting, you know, like that, that are used, you know, like key lights, soft lights. Yeah, all sort of three-point yeah, lighting, so yeah. Those kind of basics that you learn, but then a lot of it's just kind of, you know, style and, and, and what you're trying to say. Like, it's always story, it always comes back to story. And, and we're always like, my preparation for doing a short film or anything in that sense is I'd, I'd always do a shot list that we kind of you know, we kind of stick to it, me and the DP will work closely on. And Do you storyboard it or do you just do... No, I don't, I've never really storyboarded, mainly because I, I don't, I can't really draw, so it'll just be stick men. And it takes ages as well, storyboarding, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, and I've done it once for a, a bigger shoot when we kind of, we um, sort of remade a little bit of Back to the Future. So we had like a DeLorean and like chase vehicles. And I think in that instance, I thought, right, well, I need to storyboard this because it's like, you've got to tell everyone what you're doing and there's cars and it's like a big kind of thing. So I, I didn't draw that, I used this program called, I can't remember, like SourceForge or StoryForge, it's something that's like a digital program where you have um, models. Oh, great. So you have a camera in a space you can move around and you can put like really basic like 3D models in and set pieces. Oh, great. And Sto- you, StoryForge. StoryForge. Oh. You'll find Google it. <laughs> Google it yourself. I don't, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, but, but I used it for that and it, you just take up screenshots and that's kind of essentially a storyboard. But yeah, normally I just I just do shot lists and then and then mood boards. Mood boards are a big thing for me. Like I always kind of because it's I think what I'm trying to learn of being a director is I think you have like getting your vision across is like one of the hardest things. You've got to get everything out of your head that you're thinking and tell everybody else so you're all on the same page. You've got to be making the same film. So I I try and do a, a mood board which is just a, a few pages worth of like visual references. You know, so if I'm I think oh it's like this film. I want that to like that and I just do you know whether it's like colour palettes or, or anything like that I just do that and then so I guess some of the lighting we do is just trying to copy films we like and copy moods that kind of tell tell a story or help the scene you know that's great and what are you what sort of lenses do you use in your FS7 are you uh... mm, I've got a mixture I've got a Canon I've got a Canon 24-70 sort of you know, photographic lens. I've got some Sigma art lenses, which are really nice, like really fast lenses, like 1.4, so they're really fast. Um, I've got some of my dad's old, like Yashica lenses from his old, like, um, camera, stills camera, um, which are really nice. They've got like a kind of quirky look with that. Yeah. They're really nice. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, those are the main ones they use, yeah. You can get, um, I get two, I spend far too much time looking up gear on the internet yeah. and looking up camera reviews. Same. That's the worst thing. It's when I was writing, I used to like stationery yeah. and empty <laughs> <laughs> pens yeah. and empty um, notebooks, which was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Now I just look up cameras and think, <laughs> oh yeah, I've got a camera. <laughs> that's, that's, what I with, that's one of the best hobbies though, I love it. I just, I, I, I make, like, one of my goals in life is just thinking every day, like how can I afford to buy red? Like what can I do to buy red? Yeah. But then, you know, but it's all silly in the grand scheme of things because it doesn't matter what camera you have. It's obviously how you use it and what your sort of, what story you're telling. Like, you know, you, people make films on iPhones now, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, it does to an extent. Obviously, it's a real, like, film geek, so they'll be able to tell straight away the difference in, in quality. But most people don't know, you know. Like, I'll be like, oh, look at that. And then people are like, oh, yeah, I don't. It looks the same to me. I want to I went to see a film called, what was a film called? Stoker. It was called at the cinema with a friend, and then they were they were coming. I mean, remember thinking it was soft focus so many times yeah, yeah. during the film oh, really? that I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I thought this is weird. The focus put that must have been <laughs> sad. sad. Yeah, <laughs> because this is some, one of the worst fo- focus putting I've yeah. ever. You know, like, like soft in yeah. literally uh, countless times. That's, and I, and I said to my friend after, I said, I just couldn't concentrate because yeah. it was just soft all the time yeah. and she said what, uh, what do you mean <laughs> didn't even notice it yeah, at yeah. all and that's the thing yeah, people don't really see it I, I had that with um, I went to see Hereditary and it's, oh, I'm going to go and see right. is it as horrific as everyone says yeah it is it is like yeah I, I really enjoyed it there's some bits that like niggle at me but like I think in general like I, I loved it it's very like you know like The Shining it's very kind of considered and slow and like you know amazing like camera work and stuff but there was one scene in that where it was really, I won't say what the scene is, but it was a really intense moment between these two characters. And, but the, one of the characters' singles was just so like, soft, like, it was so blurry the whole time. And I was just like, oh, it's really annoying me. Because they kept cutting, but they kept using it. They must have just had nothing else to use. And I was just mm. like, I was like, oh. I was like, just put it, put it in. <laughs> yeah. It's time for a little break. Just a relax. Let's get back to it. So, what you, what's your plan then to make? If you were going to do a, a feature, what are you just doing? Doing short films and then building up to try and do a feature eventually, or? Yeah, I want to do. Yeah, I want to kind of get a few nice sort of features under my belt that, that I'm kind of happy with. You know, I've made quite a few, but I just I'm very tough on myself. And I just want. I, I don't know what it is I'm looking for, but I, I think I'm trying to get to some level. I don't know what it is, but something that I can make where I kind of like it a, a lot or a bit. You know, I never like what I make anyway. I don't think you should, maybe, but like, I'd, I'd be happy and like and and content with it for for a moment. But then I kind of like, I'd always find fault in it, and then that kind of drives me then to do my next one. And like, I guess I want to make a few that I kind of like enough, and then and then build up to doing a feature, um, which 
may or not may not be harder because I find shorts are harder because no one wants to invest. You know, there's no return. No, no one's going to put money into a short because really it's only a calling card for a director or for an actor. It's not really any money to be made there. Whereas like at least in a feature, you can get people to invest and then maybe there's some return if you get some distribution or anything like that. But yeah, I want to just keep on plugging away and trying to get get some more shorts made. If you were giving someone tips about what you've learned about directing and working with people, like technical tips or just tips of working with actors, what sort of things would you say? What are the lessons that you've learned? Um, preparation is always that's the biggest thing I think. Like you know, it's like I said, stuff like storyboards or or shot lists, whatever one you want to do, and, and mood boards. I think like that's one of the biggest things. The more prepared you are in, in everything leading up to it, then then the easier it goes on the day. You know, because there's nothing worse than getting on set and then just no one knowing what's going on. And and as director, you have to have like all the answers. You know, you have to you have to be the one person who knows everything that's going on. And what it is you've got to do. So preparation is, is the biggest thing, like just kind of getting that stuff lined up beforehand. Um, on set, it's kind of hard. I mean, I don't think my experiences are very like normal, like you know, because a lot of the time, like when I'm the whole crew, like when we do these kind of these shorts, like there's not always time to kind of work about just loads. So like I've been very lucky with with like Ben and Drew from Broken Toaster because they're like they're just amazing they just come on and they and they 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 don't need much direction I mean we're all on the same page anyway so it's kind of yeah. like they just come in and deliver so it's like that and that helps me because I don't have time to like you know I can't do all those jobs and then sit down and have a conversation about what the scene is and that's all chatting together so that kind of helps out there but you know but in, but in other stuff you know with, with actors I think it's always about making them feel comfortable and and you know and just having conversations with, with like before every scene just making sure everyone knows you're making the same film. I think that what you were saying about the mood board is so important and the tone of things. Because when you're going through auditions and you're going through for a film or whatever, half the time you don't know what the tone is. Yeah. And that's crucial. And nobody says what the tone is. You're trying to guess yeah, it from yeah, yeah. A, a script <laughs> or even from two pages. Yeah. And you get two goes at doing this thing and hope the tone's right. But if they gave you a mood board or said, here's some references, or even some sort of taster tape of yeah. what it's like. And I suppose when you work with Broken Toaster, you all know the tone, or you know the tone already, which is so important. Yeah. I mean, when you get the tone wrong, it's just, uh, I've been on the other side where I've been auditioning people and thinking, ah, oh, I wrote this part for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the tone wrong. Yeah. And to do it, like I've seen you do this thing, yeah. but you need to sort of do this now in the right tone, otherwise, I'm gonna have to give it some other prick. Yeah, yeah. This is like when you came in, when we did the, the, the Kickstarter, and you're like, oh, I don't want to play it. We're just like, we just want you to be you, like how you always are. Really yeah. Funny. <laughs> just be really funny. Yeah, it's difficult. Difficult. <laughs> cool. Um, and now, where, where can people see all your stuff? Is, is your website, derisbeering.com? Dot com, yeah, that's, where I, that's probably where I mainly update most of my stuff that I've worked on. And Instagram I use a lot, which is at David Spearing. But I'm really bad with like social media and that kind of stuff. That's what I've always been bad at. I just enjoy making stuff, but I'm really bad at like telling people about it. It's so much work and also you feel quite whenever I put stuff out, I feel like an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that horrible feeling, oh I should promote this. I don't know if it's any good because I've got too close to it now, so I can't really tell. Yeah, well, that's the thing, yeah, because that, that's what you just get so close. Like, it's hard for people don't really understand like how intense it is making stuff, and you just get so 
close to it and you spend so long editing stuff and making it and you're just like I just can't tell what this is anymore and you just hope you know you, you hope that you'll get good feedback but even when you do you're kind of like I don't know if I trust what you're saying because I'm not sure <laughs> it's yeah. hard to like it's hard you know the only way you can really get that kind of objective kind of view is to just wait a couple of years that's how long it takes you about two years ago oh that's quite funny yeah. oh I thought it was good that rubbish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come back and just watch them all fresh and then critique it all great well thanks for your time David that's brilliant um, um, uh, hopefully we'll work together on something soon um, and thanks for your help and um, that's about it hey remember everyone stay hygienic If you want to find out more about David Spearing, you can go to his website, davidspearing.com, or follow him on Instagram, at David Spearing, or Twitter, also at David Spearing. Well, that's it. Good luck, mate. Marek makes a movie. Marek makes a movie. Um... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.